Welcome to the Real Estate Masters Podcast, a podcast with top real estate agents sharing insights of how they've grown their business. Every guest is unique and serves different markets, so you will find value in each and every episode. And now our host, executive coach, April Mack. Welcome, my friends. It's great to have you join me today on the podcast. I'm April Mack, and we have got a great interview for you today. I'm interviewing Molly Finley. She's from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. She is one of the top producers there and just recently was on the cover of April's magazine, The Pittsburgh Top Producers. She's got some great information to share with you. And I love Molly is just a calm soul. And she kind of talks about that in the interview and also how really has worked on her negotiation skills and has really brought that to the table in building her real estate career. She's newly started a group and she's going to talk about that today as well and how that has really changed a little bit of the dynamics and how she's looking forward to the future of that group growing even more or some of you would call a team. So I know you're going to love getting to know more about Molly. Thanks for listening today. Please subscribe and share with your friends. We appreciate it so much. And here we'll get right to the interview with Molly. Hi, Molly. I am so happy to have you today. So introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you and where you are and all that kind of good stuff. Hi. Yeah, I am super excited to be doing this with you. So I'm Molly Finley. I am in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I am with Howard Hanna Real Estate Services. Yeah. And Howard Hanna is pretty big in our part of the world. And actually, you don't not that far from me. So I'm about an hour about an hour and a half from Pittsburgh. I'm going to be at the airport in about an hour and 10, hour and 15 minutes. So I feel like we kind of live in the same part of the world. And Howard Hanna is a big company around our parts. So how did you get started in real estate? Yeah. So it's a funny story. I had always been interested in real estate, but you know, commission job, it was kind of like not something I was really sure about. So I had a friend who was studying for his real estate license and I was helping quiz him on the test. And I was like, oh, this is what you have to do to get a license because I didn't actually know the steps. I had never researched the steps of what to do. So when I discovered how to get the license, I then signed up for my classes and I knew the office I wanted to be in. So I went and asked that manager if, you know, if I get my license, can I work here? And she said, yes, come back when you get your license. And I did all those things and I came back and and then I started my career in real estate. Wow. And when was that? That was in 2009. I've been, this is my 13th year in real estate. And I got my license while I was working another job. So I was balancing both. So it took a little bit of time until I could actually start and, and take the test and pass and start. But um, it was around 2008, 2009. Yeah. So what was your background? What were you working at before? I was a fashion design and merchandising major in college. So I was working as a visual manager and also a retail manager too. Awesome. So do you implement some of that into your business you feel like? I do. I think all all little bits and parts of it. So the visuals with like interior prep on listings, the staging, I really love the visual preparation. But then it also really helped me with um, like customer service and interacting with people and like, you know, kind of the customer is always right attitude where you're there to help them and 
get them through whatever they're trying to do. So, you know, in retail, it was trying to piece an outfit together, which is for me fun and simple, but you can also apply all of those business things to real estate, which is cool. Awesome. Do you, so you sound young and you've only been in the business since 2009. And I know recently you've won some awards. So tell us a little bit about that and your production. Yeah, it was really exciting. So I switched right almost a year after I graduated college. So I was lucky to get into this business, I think younger than most people kind of dive in. And it took me a long time to get going. I am more of a quiet personality. And I just kind of showed up and listened to everybody. And I felt like a sponge soaking it all in. I kept saying I was planting my seeds, you know, doing the basics that they tell you to do, do open houses, call all the phone calls that stuff and and then eventually i said you know all my seeds are going to start growing so it took me a couple of years to really get going but this last year so i was on the cover of our magazine last month which was really exciting in pittsburgh and then um, at our Howard Hanna Awards ceremony, I actually won top group. I just started a group last year in Pittsburgh. Well, in Pennsylvania with COVID, we were actually shut down for about three months completely. We couldn't do any business. We weren't allowed to do anything in person. So I wasn't sure how last year was going to go numbers-wise, but it did work out really well. I was also one of the listing leaders in the company doing the most listings, the top mortgage, the top barristers who, you know, help with the financing, our clients get financing and title. And my volume was was one of the top, which was really exciting. Congratulations. That really Thank is you. amazing. The seeds you planted, they finally came. <laughs> and- yeah, I just kept telling myself, they're gonna grow. Plant them, water them, yeah. you know, take care of them and they're gonna grow. And yeah. and it's true. Right. And I'm so happy that we're doing this interview because so many of the people that I interview and so many top producers, it it seems natural that so many of them would have this really amazing personality and very outgoing and quite an extrovert. And so you're saying you're really not a lot of that. And yet you're seeing this great success. So I want you to tell me a little bit about the seeds that you've planted that you were planning all that time, what do you feel like worked? And where do you see like you feel like that was a good investment of my time? And I'm, I'm glad I really stayed at that. Yeah, I think that is very true. Um, starting in the business young and being very quiet. And what I thought was shy, but I think it was quiet and, and not so confident was you know, learning that every personality can work in this business. And that's the really cool part about it is like any style works, you can make it work. But I completely agree. Yeah, for me, a big thing that I was lucky to take advantage of was social media. My college was one of the first that got Facebook when you needed like the EDU email to be (laughs) on Facebook. And so my like age generation of of people that were in my sphere were also on Facebook. So I was able to get the word out to them that I'm a realtor, you know, we know each other, we have a little bit of a connection because we went to high school together or college and like I'm relatable to you and I can help you. We're the same age, we can text, we can do all these things to help you find a home. So I, you know, I was young, just out of college, 
you know, have student had student loans and I didn't want to spend money to have to make it. So I just really took advantage of anything that was free. So social media. And then also in our office, you can sit at the front desk. It's called opportunity time. And if anyone walks in, that's your lead. If anyone calls and has a question, that's a potential lead. And then open houses. All of the basics. Like they really, they really work if you just hustle and do them. Mm -hmm. You have to do the things, I think, from the ground up. Right. That's the best way. Right. Yeah. So just reaching out through social media. So eventually you saw a return on that. I mean, and, and are you still doing some of that? Social media for me is fun. So I enjoy doing that. So I want to make sure what I'm doing is something, you know, that will help my business, but also that I actually enjoy doing. So I still do a ton of social media. What I was doing then and still do now is I try to be a balance of like, hey, I'm Molly the realtor, you know, this real estate brand, but I'm also Molly the person who has, you know, shit zoo puppy and I like to go run and, and do other things. So I want them to get to know me as a realtor, but also a real person. The goal was always to be relatable and kind of spice in that, hey, reminder, I'm a realtor if you need anything. And then people would start messaging me and saying, hey, you know, I'm thinking about buying a house. Can you help me? So that's how it began. And that's really how it's still still going. It still is the same same method and same way. Right. So your sustainability has been basically through the social media, would you say? Or are there other things? I think so. That's the best way to really stay in front of a bunch of people you know all of the time. So you're always at the top of their minds. Um, another fun thing I did, I started about two years ago, was I got a billboard that I put up. So I work in the area that I grew up in and that my parents still live in. So my idea was to put this billboard up that has my name and face on it at a main intersection where there's a stoplight so people stop and can see it just on kind of the pathway through to where my parents live and all the kids I grew up with parents are still there and I would run it through Memorial Day until Labor Day and then I also do it Thanksgiving through New Year's because that would be the time when I knew my friends would be going home and visiting their parents for holidays and all of that stuff. And they'd be like, hey, did you see Molly's billboard <laughs> right at the bottom of the street? And it's been really, really effective. So I'm still doing that every twice a year during those holidays. And I have it scheduled out for, I mean, it's just so great that I don't think I'll ever really stop doing mm. that. Yeah. So what do you think sets you apart, Molly, from the other people? I mean, you've won these awards and you really are a rising star in your in your market. But what do you think are some things that set you apart from everyone else? I think people really like that. My I have a very, very calm personality. I don't get worked up. I don't get really down. I'm always level. And what I like to do is just present all of the options and all of the ways things can play out so that my clients are really, really well informed on the decisions they can make. So I think being super, super calm, but thorough. And, you know, I study a lot. I read a lot of um, just 
how the market's always changing and how you have to keep up with it. So I'll read contracts over and over just to study them. So when I'm explaining that to somebody, I'm confident in what I'm doing. Like I feel like I know what I'm saying. So I think just... I remember when I was newer, one of the agents said when she was new, she went and read every single form there was, you know, the sales agreement, every addendum that was possible, just so that she could understand and explain. And then that's, that's what I did. And I still do it because things always change. Yeah, that's amazing. And very smart. I mean, it really is. It's a how do I mean, that is a great example of a way to build your confidence. And I, it's something that as I talk to newer agents and have communication with them. And one of the things that I really try to encourage is the confidence piece. But what do you mm-hmm. feel like? Are there any other things that you added into some of your routine and things that you were doing to build your confidence? Yeah, the the very first thing I told myself, because when I started, I had never bought a house. My parents had never moved. Like real estate was not something I had experienced even in real life with moving and buying a house. So the one thing I told myself was that you're licensed, you took the classes, you at least know more than they do. Because I would be really nervous that like, oh my gosh, they're gonna ask me these questions. I don't know the answers. Like, how are they going to believe me that I know what I'm doing? So that was the first thing mentally I told myself to help build my confidence. The other thing I do is I just, so yesterday at our office, we we call them lunch and learns, where if there's a new topic, we go to the office and we kind of gather, we talk about it, we learn, and they, they give us lunch too. So, you know, I've been doing this for 13 years, but I don't feel like you can ever know it all. These these classes are aimed towards newer agents, but I always go because you you always learn something. There's always a new experience or something you hadn't thought of something you hadn't been through. So I I think you can't feel like you at any point know it all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. And good for you. And what an encouragement that I must be to the new agents in your office when you are showing up. Yeah, I think so. And I really like the like, let's help each other vibe. It's not like let's battle against each other and not share our secrets. Like we can all do this. Me helping you doesn't take away from me and vice versa. So I think showing up as that that group is really nice. Yeah. So now you have a group or a team? I did start a group. So I was I was planning on starting a group last year. And then when we shut down, it kind of all went on pause. So mid to end of last year, I officially had two agents working with me. And then about a month ago, I hired my third agent. And I feel like this is a good foundation right now. I really want to build the group in the best way where we're just like a uh, you know, running machine, well-tuned. But my original idea, I wanted like this girl power, like girl boss thing where we're all doing this together and we can really take over this real estate world, which was exciting. They're all, all three of them are brand new agents. So they're really just kind of fresh. Their personality, I just feel like they can they can do it once they just get, get right. going. Yeah. So what, how has your role changed having a group and, and how is, how does your group function? 
Yeah, it's changed in where I am also operating as a manager and a educator, which with with retail and my management experience, um, it has really helped a lot because I know how to do that. And then just being available to be able to help. These are these are girls who have, you know, have not they, they by now they've all written deals but at the time none of them had written an offer before none of them had had any negotiations or gone through a full contract so just kind of helping them from the start has been refreshing to like feel what it was like when you were brand new and just learning yeah that's neat so yeah what do you foresee that to to look like as you as you continue to grow yeah, I would really like to grow the group. My idea for the group is that every um, member has their own specialty area. So all of the people I've hired, none of them are specializing in an area that the other specializing in because I don't want us to directly compete for listings. So I would like to expand where every you know, we're getting more agents to really take over all of the Pittsburgh market. So I have a specialist in one area, one's, you know, another one that's probably about an hour, 45 minutes from me, but it's still within Pittsburgh um, yeah. or just outside of Pittsburgh. So I, I that's how I want it to grow. I, I would like it to be a, a larger version of what it is now. So when you say specialize in an area, you mean a, a geographical area, not... Yeah. Like, so in Pittsburgh, we exactly. We have municipalities, you know. So for example, I'm in Fox Chapel. I specialize in Fox Chapel and then also the city neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. I have a girl who um, she's specializing where she lives. Mm-hmm. Actually, they're all specializing in their areas because where you live is really mm-hmm. usually where you know it best. Right. So, well, and, you, and that's where you have your connections. And yeah, yeah. your sphere of influence is typically in typically the, the majority of it in a geographical area. So that really makes sense. And yeah. so do you then market together and market uh, as a group? How That's is- something where, yeah, we're just figuring that all out because we're pretty brand new. We're under the name of a group. We have been, like that's been established, but as far as operating as a group, that's pretty brand new. So we're, we're just starting to brand all of that to where it'll be more group branded. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Together. Yeah. 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 Yeah, You need to look at Kate Brodick was a guest on uh, the podcast. Oh, I don't remember what episode, but it's been a while back. She's out of Brantford, Ontario, and she has an all women group and they're pretty cool. Their social media is awesome. And I just, I love Kate. I did a team workshop with her and her team over zoom back a few months ago and just a really cool group of women and they're killing it. I mean, they are. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. I think they're like number one in their market, but, um, but that's really neat. And it's great. Every, you know, I say this often on the podcast, you know, this is what I love and why I interview different people and they're all from different backgrounds and they're doing business in different ways. And, and that's the beautiful thing about this business is you don't have to copy someone else exactly, but you can get great ideas from what somebody else is doing. Yeah. So it's great that you have a, an idea of what you want it to look like. And obviously things will morph and change as you work through 
and figure out different strengths of people. But so it's not though, because at first I thought you probably meant like somebody is specializing in listing and somebody's a buyer's agent and, but you're kind of, it's more of a geographical area and everybody kind of has their, they're maybe operating, doing all of it. Yeah, that's what it is right now where they'll all um, buy and buy and sell and they can cross over into each other's territory or any area they want, but just like specializing in the listing part. But eventually I've thought of ways also when I'm growing it in buyer specialists and more detailed specialists other than just location. So those are all things I'm, like you said, not copying, but trying to get inspo from other people who are right. doing something that works for them and trying to find a way where I can take pieces and make it my own. Yeah. Make it work for, for me. Do you have anybody else on your team, transaction coordinator or? I have a part-time assistant who does my transaction, all my paperwork, the majority of my paperwork, my filings kind of behind the scenes to keep me, you know, be able to be out and about in the field and not just doing the paperwork, which needs to be done. And it's important. I really, really trust her. I think that person needs to be super trusted because they're, they're doing it. So I write everything, but then she processes it and keeps it on file and, and does everything the office needs for, for yeah. our files. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So are you in the office a lot or do you I love being at the office. We were recent, not recently, but we were really, really strict with COVID. So we weren't allowed to be at the office until I think it was earlier this year. And as soon as we were allowed back at the office, I was there. I like to work at my desk. I like to, that's where I'm most focused at the office. So I really, really like working at the office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand that. Do, what's a schedule? Do you have? What do you feel like a typical day in the life of Molly looks like? I know it's hard. It's always changing. Um, I always try to set time for myself in the morning where I do my workout. Like my, I'm really obsessed with Peloton right now, like all things Peloton. So I do that in the morning. And then I get into office mode and I'll check my emails and do my office work. I do try to schedule appointments in person during the day. So usually in the morning or in the afternoon or both, most most often both. But it's really one of those things where every day is different. I don't have a set schedule where like Mondays I do this and Tuesdays I do that. I know a lot of people are super, super schedules, schedulers, which is awesome. But I don't operate that well that way. I know like within a time I need to do a certain amount of things. I have my list and my checklist everywhere, but I don't necessarily set a super, super strict schedule because if I fall outside of that, I I can't like recruit. It's really hard for me. Like if you don't do yeah. it exactly to go back and be like, okay, let's do it. So I like to set a broad idea and then I just go and get everything done within that time. Sure. Yeah. I get that. What about prospecting? I mean, are you, do you try to in some form or fashion do some kind of prospecting or you just feel like the business just comes to you through your marketing? It's a little bit of both. Um, I do do prospecting in where I I like the old school stuff. Like I still do handwritten letters to people, um, cards to people, 
I consider my social media really prospecting because I'm trying to interact with people, comment on things, start conversations. But I do get a lot of referrals from past clients and you know people I've worked with. So what are you doing with those past clients? How are you staying in touch with them? I do. I send everybody home anniversary cards every single year when it's their month. So if they were in April closing, every single year, they'll get a card from me. And I actually do it. I handwrite them every month. And if it's their eighth anniversary or their 10th or their first, it'll say the number. So they know like, oh my gosh, this is my fourth home anniversary. It has a picture of me on it. And it says happy home anniversary, really, really big, because I know everyone gets a lot of mail and we don't all want to read everything. So even if they don't read it, they know who it's from and what it's about. So that's one of my favorite things to do. And then I just check in with everybody. After closing, I put a 30-day check-in on my calendar. 30 days out, I reach out to them. Hey, how's it going? Do you need any help? Hope you're loving your home. So I just... Is I, that I a do phone set, call or a text? It's usually a text. Most of my clients, we we text most of the time. And I like to communicate back to them how they usually communicate with me. So that's most often a text. And is that, I'm just out of curiosity, in uh, the home buying process, is that pretty much your form of communication with your buyers and sellers? Everybody's different. I would say most often with scheduling and like the beginning of the search, it's via text. But then once we get into discussions with negotiating and more detailed things, it's, it's a phone call. Definitely a phone call and a conversation. Yeah. And I'm sure it depends on what the topic is and you know if yeah, it's, yeah definitely for sense. sure yeah. yeah anything else with those past uh, clients and just keeping up with them I do add everybody on Facebook I know I keep mentioning Facebook but it's such a huge part for me yeah. um so just that like I can see what's going on in their world one of my clients that I sold to a couple years ago I just saw that they had a baby so I can reach out and you know, I am genuinely happy for them. I want to know what's going on in everybody's lives, but people are busy and you can't always call and, and chat that often. So that's yeah. a good way to keep me in yeah. the loop of what's happening. So how much of your business is repeat business, do you think? And Right now, it's it's a lot of repeat business. When I was you know, planting all of my seeds in the beginning, it were it was mainly first time buyers. And I knew that these buyers, if if I stayed in contact with them, we had a good relationship, eventually that they would need to sell these homes and buy new ones. Mm -hmm. And at the time, you know, thinking it would be seven, eight years until they move again, that seemed like forever away. And now it's all happening. So all of these um, past clients are now having to sell their current home and having to buy another one. So it's mm-hmm. it's now it's a lot of repeat business, which is exciting because I get to see these people, you know, so many years later at different phases of their life and just get to do it all again. Yeah, that's neat. Yeah. yeah. So what do you want the future to look like? What are you working towards? I know that's a good question. This kind of falls under my not a specific like to the dot plan, but like a broad idea of I I do want my group to be expanded. I want to be one of those top agents and groups that are doing like 100 million a year plus, and just be up and fully running and all of the figuring 
the figuring of it out kind of under under the belt and behind us and just up and running and growing yeah that's awesome though and 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 I believe you'll do it I mean it's just really incredible the success that you've had and and I love the fact that you said it was slow in the beginning what what did you do you know back in the time when you were just planting those seeds what did you do to encourage yourself I am a very determined mindset where if if I want to do something, I will find, you know, I'll do whatever it takes and find every way possible to get there for me to fully go into real estate. So I, I gave myself six months where I was doing it, you know, balancing my other job in real estate. And then after that, I gave myself six months to to quit my other job try real estate full time and either you make it work or you're going back to your old job. And I really, really wanted to make real estate work. So I just did everything possible to to make it happen. And I think my mindset, I don't get discouraged easily. It was really hard. I started in 2008-9 when what I didn't know, but the housing market it was a <laughs> terrible time to get into the business. Yeah. But to me, that was just normal. Like you have to, you have to hustle and you have to kind of make something out of nothing mm-hmm. and just do it. So I think for me also just, you know, not realizing it and being naive and just be like, this is how it is. You just have to work hard to do it mm-hmm. at that time has been my mindset the entire time. You know, just it's, it's not easy. You have to work for it. So right now, obviously, the world has just been, this real estate market is pretty crazy. It seems like everywhere and everyone that I talk to. So how are you handling that? And what are your biggest struggles right now? Yeah, it's hard right now in our market, like everywhere else, we have a lack of inventory. So when when a home comes on the market, there's a ton of buyers that are interested and it you know, not everyone's going to get that house, which is really, it can be really discouraging for the buyers and just such like, like a hit to them where I find I'm really good at kind of trying to boost their morale, keep their spirits up and, and get them through because everybody's experiencing it, but we're all losing out on multiple offers and not getting the house and sometimes not one or two times. So I think right now it's important for me to make sure my buyers don't get discouraged. You know, this isn't going to last forever. We're going to find a house. It will work. On the seller side, it's it's like the opposite of where we're trying to make sure we create still a, a sense of reality and like great multiple offers over asking price, but we still have some steps to go if if you know closing is not tomorrow. So we still have to get to the closing table. And then keep moving them along and understanding like, this is awesome, but let's keep going Mm -hmm. so we can get to the awesome closing. Yeah. Do you work more with buyers or sellers? I work probably pretty evenly with both right now where it's it's pretty evenly split with, with buyers and sellers. Yeah. Do you have a preference? I like both. I love buyers and just talking with them and exploring homes. But on the listing side, I'm a very, very visual person. So I love prepping the home. I love the pictures, the marketing, 
all of the things you can do visually with the listing side. And then I love negotiating and you get to do that on both sides. That's one of my favorite parts. Yeah. What makes that your favorite part? There's so much strategy behind it. To me, it's not like act and react. It's more like chess in where I want to frame and structure what we're going to do without even knowing what they're going to say. So it's like we're kind of framing everything up to move the other side exactly where we want them to be. And then at the end, you can still win even though you don't have the last word because you know you got the other side like right where you wanted them to be. So I just love the strategy and figuring out and reading other people part of the negotiating. And since my personality kind of back to that calmness and you know, always being the same, I'm really hard to read. So if we're telling you something, that's it. That's what we're telling you. And Mm -hmm. that's all you get. So So you're really all in it to get the very best for your client. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And working that strategy. Yeah. And I want to create a, like a game plan and a roadmap of how we can get them to where they want to be with, with the negotiate. I mean, for this example, it's with negotiating, And well, if you want to end up here, like, here's my suggestion for how we should counter. Mm -hmm. Is there something you've done to really kind of develop that? Or you feel like you're just brain is wired that way? I think I've always been this way. I know, like as a kid and growing up, my parents always said, like, I I'm just, I could negotiate anything and sell anything. Mm -hmm. But I have taken a lot of negotiation classes just to actually learn the right way and the techniques and the strategies. So I've taken that course a couple of times. Yeah, that's interesting. That's good. I love that. Do you have any tips and tricks for like right now people are, you know, with these poor frustrated buyers that can't get offers accepted? What, what are you doing to help your buyers? Yeah, I think right now, and really anytime a buyer is making an offer, it's really important for them to establish with me. So, you know, keeping me in the loop of a price range that they are willing to pay for this house. What's your max you're willing to go? And if somebody else paid, you know, a penny over it, you'd feel like I gave it my best. Because I think in these negotiations and just this market and right from the start, Buyers will throw out numbers and then the next day they're going to be like, oh, what, what did I do? I don't want to do that. And so to avoid that, I think it's really important for that buyer to, to establish that before we get involved in anything with negotiating our offers because emotions are, are big and you just don't want to make a decision emotionally that you're going to, to regret. So establishing that before before diving in is really important. Yeah, it's so true because, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about, as you're saying that I've lived in my house that I live in now for eight years and Mm -hmm. I can remember the negotiation with, and and see right now I can't even remember exactly the exact number that we paid for our house. Like, I mean, I'm in the real close ballpark, but then yes. what we were probably negotiating over, I don't even remember. And I've had yeah. wonderful years in this home and I, and it is so true in a calm way to have that kind of conversation. And I can remember my husband and I going back and forth and it was just bugging me because it was this old widowed lady that lived in the house and she would not budge on a thing. 
and yeah. then back down to like, do we really want this house or not? You know? Right. And, and the, my point is, is like we did and we met what she had to have and, you know, and we're happy and we have been all these years and I don't think about it now, <laughs> you know, it's irrelevant. Yeah. We got yeah. it done and we had the, ha- the time in the house. And so yeah. I think you're so right to calmly, that's not something we really talk about on the podcast a lot of just, but it's so true to calmly, not in panic mode, but in a calm way, be having those conversations. And yeah, I think just pre-establishing those things, it's like you're making a decision. You're, you know, establishing the things you're going to decide beforehand so that when you're really caught up in it, you really want it. You don't, you're not like, man, I really got away from uh, what I thought I'd, I'd do. It's funny. You mentioned your house. When I bought my house, I represented myself and realtor Molly was like, okay, here's your, here's your parameters. <laughs> this is what you're willing to pay. And I remember we got a counter or I got a counter. We Molly agent and Molly, the buyer, <laughs> I, <laughs> I got a counter and buyer Molly was like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. Like, let's take it. But realtor Molly was like, no, like the way this is playing out, you know, you can keep going. And it was a really hard balance because I really felt what a buyer felt like. It was like, let's just take it. Let's, it's good. It's, let's take it. And realtor Molly knew that we had a little bit more room to work with. Be patient, stay calm, and like, we'll get there. And, and we ended up getting there. But it was it was a moment where I was like, "Whoa, this is this is what it feels like." Like, yeah. actually, I'm in I'm in the shoes of that right now. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. so. I think the calmness helps because realtor Molly's hat. You know, she was very calm and and got by her Molly through it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that realtor Molly was standing strong and and having a great yes. effect. Calmness on buyer Molly. That is funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, how? What about with sellers? How? you kind of the same game plan with them of just talking through and yeah, it's the same game plan with the seller um, on the negotiation side until like, until we're in a negotiation while we're listed and, and I get the listing, I don't want to know what they would accept. I don't want to know their bottom line because we do do dual agency. I mean, I don't want any of that information, but once we get an offer accepted and it's, it's uh, somebody else on the other side, I want the seller to tell me like, where, you know, where do you want to end up with this? And then I back it out and tell them, you know, my suggestions on how we should lay out this negotiation anticipating what the buyer's response will be to get them the land at or higher than where the seller is willing to go. Mm -hmm. What about just as, as on a listing appointment? I mean, so many Mm -hmm. sellers right now are just thinking, Oh, their house is gold and they can get, you know, way over market value. So how are you preparing them ahead of time and at that listing appointment? Yeah, I'm showing them the data in our market. The closed data is not necessarily totally caught up with the current market of of all the pending data. So I do show them what has closed. I also show them what what is pending um, and will be closing soon. And then if there were multiple offers on that, how quickly it went pending so that we have an idea of what kind of played out on those properties so that we can anticipate if we price at this point, you know, this point is giving us, it's showing that the data is showing that that's a price that will generate acceptable offers. So I do prep them for that, but it's not, 
it's not like a slam dunk that that's going to happen. But if we do what the data has done and your property is similar to it and prepped the same way, then that could be our outcome too. Yeah, I love that. Well, we're kind of wrapping up now, Molly, but any advice for new agents that you would just kind of want to throw out? Yeah, I I would just say, you know, stay persistent. Don't give up. Don't get discouraged. If you get discouraged, have your moment, shake it off and just keep going because not everybody the next day overnight, you know, is, is writing a ton of offers and sales and business. So stay persistent, build your business from the ground up. If you have a good foundation, you will last. And I think that's the very best way to do it. But really like be patient, don't get discouraged and and take the time to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, again, congratulations on your awards and just the success that you're having. And I hope you think you feel like with all the challenges of the market right now, do you feel like this is going to turn out to be a really great year for you? Yeah, I'm really, really excited about this year. I think it'll be a good one. And um, will it be your best? Hopefully, that's always the goal. So I think it should be. But you know, there's still a lot of time to to grind. It's only April. (laughs) Some time to go. But yeah, no, I think it'll be a good one. I'm really excited about that's awesome. Well, thanks for taking your time and being with us and and sharing so much wisdom with us today. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. This was so much fun. All right. Well, thank you so much for being part of the podcast and giving of your time. Remember, please give us a great review and subscribe to the podcast. Share with your friends. We, um, I appreciate Molly so much of her giving of her time. And recently, I thought it was so great. I had an agent in Georgia reach out and ask me for a list of all of our podcast guests. They had buyers, people that they needed to refer to other states. And so they were so kind and thoughtful to think of the people that were guests on the podcast. So please give back, pay it forward. You've got someone moving to any of the areas where we've had guests. Keep them in mind for a referral. I know they would appreciate it. I always love when we can pay it forward to those that have made an investment in us. I always love getting your feedback. Some of you send me messages on Instagram, Facebook. I do have, um, I'm Coach April Mack on Instagram. I have LinkedIn. So would love to connect with you and hear what you're thinking and what you're getting from podcast. So listen, I know it's a crazy market out there right now and everyone is struggling with inventory. So remember how important those listings are and get out there, you know, work those past clients, do all the things, work your systems so that you have the opportunity to build that inventory without listings. I used to hear Howard Brenton say, man, that I listened to on cassette tape many years ago when I was first in the business and really was what inspired me, just the thought of that to start the podcast. But he used to always say, without inventory, you're out of business. So I hope that you are working your processes and your systems to get some listings. Uh, If you need help with that, feel free to reach out to me. I am Coach April Mack. I love coaching agents, either top producers, and we catapult them forward beyond that, or people that really plan to be top producers, and we work a system to get to that point. So I love hearing back from you. Please reach out, and we will see you on the next episode. God bless. God bless.